a successful person, they're not going to want to work with somebody who's like playing at a C level or they're lukewarm. They're not going to want to do business with someone like that. And so it's signing yourself up every single day and believing in your mission bigger than anybody else and casting that vision and creating certainty that you're going to lead people to success. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson, and each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dreaming Out Loud with your host, me, Morgan T. Nelson. Look, guys, before we get started in today's interview, I'm obligated to share something with you that's been a complete freaking game changer to my life. If you want to grow any kind of business or grow yourself, grow your income or pursue your dream, do you know where it all actually starts? It starts with your health. So your outer world is a direct reflection of your inside world. So when you're thinking clearer and sharper, and you're feeling healthier, happier, and you've got more energy and vitality, everything around you starts to amplify. So that's why I have one of these bad boys every single day. It's called BEA or a beer is what I call it. It stands for botanical energy and adaptogens. So guys, this is straight up the world's healthiest energy drink. It's been a complete game changer in my life and my business. It's jam-packed full of all the good stuff that our bodies actually need every single day and has a full serving of vegetables, but tastes nothing like it, thank God, right? That's pretty good. Uh, It's so freaking easy. I love it. It's so easy to be able to swap this out for a coffee. Like I used to be a coffee fanatic, energy drink fanatic, and this is just way, way, way better to swap it out for these things, you know? When I used to be a carpenter, I lived off energy drinks because I knew that I needed it to get through the big days of work. Otherwise, I'd just crash out. But I also knew the damage it was doing to my body every single day. And if I continued doing it, I knew that ultimately my life would just start to get even worse than what it was. So I'm so freaking stoked that now I've got my hands on this drink, that it's got a nourishing blend of raw nutrients sourced from whole fruit, fruits, and vegetable ingredients, guys. And it's got none of the bad stuff that ruins the insides of your bodies. So if you guys want to grab your case of BEA, then jump in the link of this episode right now and you're going to get 25% off as one of my listeners. All right, jump in right now, grab yours and come and share a can with me. All right, now let's get into this interview. Today's guest is an international speaker, network marketing millionaire, and was in fact one of the youngest in her entire company to earn her first million dollars. She travels all over the US speaking to various different crowds on mindset, motivation, business topics, and so much more, bringing just enough edge to ensure value to all of the listeners. She's been named one of Yahoo's top entrepreneurs to watch in 2020 and has been featured in Forbes, Medium, Good Morning, La La Land, KTLA, NBC, ABC, Life and Style, Thrive Global, and so much more. So please, guys, help me welcome the woman who went from being a massage therapist living on the floor in Minnesota when sometimes it gets down to the minus 30, right, to now a seven-figure earner in the network marketing profession with a team of over 145,000 people all around the world. My friend, all the way from California, Miss Emily Vavra. Oh, hey. (laughs) So excited to be here. Man, that sounded really cold. I forgot that I used to live where it was that cold. (laughs) That's absolutely insane. I forget how cold it gets until I I always say the last three years in a row, I've spent New Year's Eve in New York City. I don't know why. And the first time I did it, it got down to like minus minus 25 or something. And I said, I'm like, oh, this is one and done. I'll never do it again. (laughs) And then I found myself for that next two years in a row. Yeah, just you want to stay in the spirit. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen here in Australia. Like a winter in Australia, it's like 15 on the Gold Coast Celsius, oh which is 45 or something for you. Okay, yeah, that's that's doable. That's it's so okay. doable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Emily, I'm so excited to chat with you and have you here today. Um, so good to see your face. This is the longest I've actually, it's gone in a while without seeing each other. Uh, no events, but um, man, Take us back. Let everybody hear. I, I want to hear your story. You know, you start network marketing when you're 23. You've been in now for a decade. Take us a little back a little bit, even from when you finished school. Like, what, what's this whole journey? How did, you, how did you develop from who you were as a young adult into then a message therapist to now who you are now just taking over the whole freaking world? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a journey. It's uh, the past decade has been so amazing, but my gosh, taking you back before I found even network marketing, I was a massage therapist. I quickly realized doing that job, I could hardly pay the bills. So I was like, man, what do I do? I'll just get another job. Cause I was raised by a single mom who just worked and worked and worked. And I just kind of, I thought that's like what everybody does. Like you just, you just pack it all in. And so I nannied four boys on the side and I found myself at 22 years old, 23. I would get up at 5 a.m., go to the gym, do my workout, commute to work, clock in, clock out, go get the boys, get home. It was like seven or eight at night. I would pass out on my couch to a show that would just numb me. Like I would just literally just watch TV And I was that hamster on a hamster wheel. And I would just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's hump day, Friday, thank God it's Friday, do it again. And then I had 48 hours to really do what I wanted, to really do what lit my soul on fire, to really do what made me curious, right? And so I just looked at my life and I was like, gosh, is this it? I mean, really, Morgan, is this it? Like, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? And I was searching. I was searching, and I didn't know what the heck I was searching for. Uh, But then at the gym, uh, I was actually competing in Fitness America at the time and Fitness Universe. And at the gym, I met a woman uh, who was 10 years older than me that had really good energy. She was just very loving and kind and I was like, hey, I like this. I like this chick. So I I became Facebook friends with her and we stay connected. And she educated me on these products she was taking. And to be quite honest with you, I thought it was just like expensive whey protein. I was like, hey, like, I don't know what this chick is on, but good for her. But I really like her. And so I watched her for about a year. And so tip number one, people are watching you. And what I saw was her her work and i saw her go to events and i had no idea that it was this thing called network marketing i just saw man she just looks really happy you know when you can really tell that people are just they have joy and they have zest for life and i was like she looks like she actually likes her co-workers and she gets to travel and at that point i was living in the midwest just freezing and boring to be honest sorry if you're listening from the midwest but i just was so bored and she was, you know, going, you know, to the ocean, she was traveling the world and I wanted that. And so I had this moment, this defining moment where I hit a personal rock bottom and it was one of those times where you're like, do I go left or do I go right? And you just don't know. And you just surrender. And that was when I was 23 and I just surrendered. And I said, I got to ask for help because I keep trying to figure this all out on my own and it's not working. And I just remembered this woman named Holly, who was so kind, seemed to have it going on. So I messaged her and keep in mind, we only chatted a good, you know, five times. Maybe I messaged her. I said, Hey, would you be willing to meet with me? I, I really want to do what you do. I think I could do it. You could put it in a good word for me. And so we met up at the coffee shop and she presented to me network marketing. She presented to me superfood nutrition, cellular cleansing, adaptogenic herbs, all these amazing things I had no idea about. But then she showed me a compensation plan and a way that I could truly design my life with a lot of hard work energy and effort. But the thing that got me most excited was her vision. And she, she shared with me, I'm going to build this and I'm looking for people that have the same hunger and drive to design their life and help others do the same. And that was August 26th of 2010. I said, I'm all in. And she said, it's not going to be easy. And I said, that's fine. I know how to work hard. I've done it my whole life. And so I ended up moving in with her. We were both single and we said, let's build this thing. And I, I, again, I had little, little money, like 
tiny bits of it, hardly uh, to get by. And so we moved in and she made this like makeshift bedroom for me. And I had a, a room in the corner and a mattress that I slept on that was like no bed frame. And she looked at me and she said, you're no offense, but you're, you're a bit of a mess. And I was like, what the frick does she mean? I'm, I'm like, listen, like what? And you know, cause she started to ask me like, what do you want from your life? And I was like, to pay rent. Like I wasn't this big dreamer. I wouldn't have this millionaire mindset. And she's like, sister, we got to like squash these limiting beliefs. And I'm like, what? She started to throw all this personal development jargon at me. And so I made my first vision board. I wrote myself out a check for a million dollars and I went to work on myself, unplugged the TV, did not watch TV for frick a year. I mean, there was like storm warnings and it's like, then I had to turn it on. So I knew what was going on in the world, but like we just went to work and had the most fun. And that was the foundation of my personal development of, of my journey. So I love it. What, what did you first think about it when you thought, so you thought you were going for like a job interview, is that right? You asked her like, can I work with you? And what, what did you first think about it when you, you sussed it out? Cause sometimes people that first look at this for the first time, you know, I remember when I first looked at it, I was just like, I get what it's about. It's cool, but I still don't get it. I thought yeah. it was like a cult and everything like that. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I didn't think it was a, a cult or anything like that. The most powerful thing is that I trusted her because she was in mortgage banking. She made a six figure plus income, worked with all the men, wore the business suit. And during the last recession in the United States, she got laid off. So she was served her severance. And so it was her, her posture. That's what really like made me trust her because she was a businesswoman and, you know, she had a great uh, way of presenting it. And so, but I, I do remember like going, okay, wait, so this isn't a job where I'm going to clock in and clock out. And, you know, but the thing is, it's kind of thrilling and exciting for me. Like I was like, this is a challenge and this is something different. And the thing for me, Morgan, is like, I so badly hated clocking in and out of jobs that I had. And I, I really strongly disliked like having to beg for time off. And, and I really strongly disliked, I used to work with all women and one doctor and I didn't like the gossip corner and all those things that occurred at work. So I was like anything to get out of this, honestly, that's like where I was at. And so um, you know, I, I got really excited about it and I, I didn't have those weird feelings. And I think it was because of her certainty. I really do. Mm-hmm. I trusted her. Um, and I did, I, it was like the FOMO. I did not want to be left behind. I was like, game on. I want to build this. Yeah. Well, the person with the most certainty will win every single yeah. time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you were talking about, so here you are 23 years old. Holly says to you, you've got these living beliefs and she's thrown self-development at you left, right and center. I'd love to tap into you because you, you just said before, like I didn't have this millionaire mindset. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the main difference between, let's just call it average or mediocre or whatever and millionaire mindset? What's the biggest difference between that? Wow. So many different things. I, the first thing that comes to mind is, is ownership, complete and total ownership of your life. Uh, A lot of times before, if things weren't going right, I would blame people for it. I'd be like, oh, they did this to me, or because of them, I don't have this, or because of the way I was raised, very victim mindset, right? Um, Whereas when I started to shift, I understood ownership, like it's completely up to me. There's no blaming in this. There's no justifying there's no complaining. And it was that mindset shift for me that really allowed me to see that what was occurring in my life was because of the choices I made, not because someone else did it to me. You know, I chose to work at these other places. I chose to not read personal development books. I chose that. And so I think definitely it's complete ownership 
today, same thing. Things don't go right. It's on me. It's totally on me. Um, it's not somebody else's fault. Yeah. I love that. Cause I'm just trying to think back. Cause I, I first found self-development and everything when I was like 21, 22. And I think back now, like <laughs> it's like the most simplest things. And so often we, like we do all this development and we know it and we like embody this stuff. We forget that where we were when we first started. Right. I remember the first thing I ever saw, I was like, you become the sum of the five people you hang around. I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> Everybody get away that stuff. <laughs> I was like, get out of my life. Get out of my life. Get out. <laughs> and then I even remember even writing that on Facebook, right? People thought I drank yeah. the Kool-Aid. And, oh, yeah. and I was like, you've become someone five people you hang around. And then, you know, I started copping all this hate. And then I even wrote something like positive thoughts create positive actions. Positive actions create positive results or something like that. I was yeah. like, this is profound. This is like, I've just, you know, can you remember what, what was the first kind of, where did it all start for you? Who are your first kind of mentors? Where did it all start for you? What are some oh. big like life changing things? Cause I think the hardest thing with people really that are, you know, going, they're on the rat race, they're doing their thing every day is to making that actual decision, that first step. Cause once you kind of get going, it's kind of, so can you remember what was like one of the first aha moments something that you realized we were like, wow, I need to shift some things up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, everything you're saying is totally resonating with me because <laughs> I was absolutely that girl that was like, you're the sum of the five people you're hanging out with. And did you know, and did you know, and, uh, and I would be calling everybody out on everything for sure. Um, you know, for me, one of my uh, first books that I ever read was secrets of a millionaire mind by T Harv Ecker. Same with me. Yeah. So, I mean, that was definitely like verbatim. I think it's always that first book you read. You're just like, you're spitting out, you're spitting fire and um, it, it's, it's just constant. And it, but it's, it's so funny because as I progress and grow, I forget how impactful these little tools and tricks are. I mean, there's a reason why everybody talks about them. There's a reason why, you know, they stood out so much when you first heard them. And then I think you just get rolling and you get going and you think like, oh, that's old news. What in reality is like it's tried and true. And you just have to look at like, are you really living that? Like, like I swear every quarter I have to assess like who am I really spending time with honestly and what are they doing with their life and do they value me as a friend and do we have an honest open friendship or is it you know not healthy you know all those things you have to continually uh look at but for me as well like man I was listening to every Robert Kiyosaki thing possible cash flow quadrant um you know rich dad poor dad like all of it, just, just spitting fire. Um, you know, if you have a job, it's just over broke. I mean, my gosh, like what a jerk. I can't believe some of the stuff that I would just run around and say, like, and, and it was coming from obviously like I wanted approval and I, you know, a little bit of insecurity and I didn't really quite know what I was doing. So I was just like taking all this information that I'd hear from other thought leaders and I would just spit it out with no context behind it. So <laughs> that's some <laughs> I love it. I, I, I was, uh, I was definitely not as bold as you. Cause like I, before I started all this whole journey, like my group of people, you know, was very negative. Like I was a carpenter. So all the people in the job sites, very blokey bloke, very manly man. Like, right. you know, where you, you know, so if I, you can't talk about anything positive. If you talk about positivity, it's weakness, um, especially in Australia. So uh, I, I kind of tiptoed around it. You know, I kind of mentioned it. And then I, I was like, well, you know, if you're not going to believe it, you know, I'm just going to show you. And, and so I, I kind of took the longer round, like, yeah, look, you could check this out as well, but you know, with or without you, I'm just going to do it, you know, and, yeah. and we'll see, yeah. we'll see who gets the last laugh, but, um, safe to say it's gone pretty well so far. <laughs> but, yeah, good for you. <laughs> um, but you were just talking about, I found it so fascinating with the environment because we talk about this nearly in every single episode because it's just, it's the thing that always comes back. People are always talking about, you know, big thing that changed for me was I changed my environment. I'm consistently, you know, evaluating my environment. I do it still here i'm like how can i get around people that are so much thinking way bigger than me i mm -hmm. i really 
love being really embarrassed to tell people how much money I make. Like they're the kinds of people I want to hang around that I get embarrassed to say this, how much I make. And they're like, that's nothing, you know, thinking bigger, but so, so often it can be scary to kind of break the environment, break that comfort. So what are some tips you have that if people are maybe listening to to this and they're like, I know I need to maybe not get rid of my friends, but maybe distance myself a little bit or maybe make better decisions, better actions and choices. What are some tips you have that people can start to choose a different environment and, and break away from this? Yeah, so powerful. Absolutely. And I'm so much like you. I want to be around people constantly who challenge me. I think it's great to have a good, a good mix of friends. But the first thing I'd say is awareness. Today, when we're talking at this time in our lives, like people are not aware because you, maybe you're doing your job, you're running around and the minute you're not, you're like on your smartphone, on Instagram, and you're never quiet with yourself, you, your thoughts, right? It's, you gotta be, it's awareness. It's like, let's reassess, reevaluate, like who are you spending time with? And that's the first thing. And then evaluating and making a list of those people and and then, you know, on the side of it saying, how do I feel during my time with them? And after my time, with them? how do I feel? What's going on when I'm with them? You know, am I drained after being with them? You know, and there's certain people in my life, especially in the beginning of my journey, when my mindset was a bit weaker Um, I just was starting out like, gosh, I was like two bad phone calls away from quitting. You know, I had to be around those people that their mindsets were 10 times stronger than mine. I wanted to be around those people because I felt closer to the light when I was with them. It was like a different feeling of hope. And I was just, I, I, I believed more in my dream, even by being near them. And so I would constantly find creative ways to try to get near them. And, you know, that's by going to events, obviously doing virtual things. I would try to help them out with stuff. I remember my mentor, I was like, Hey, can I help you set up for this event that you're having? Like, I just wanted to be near her at all times. But then, you know, there was those moments of here's my group of old friends. And at first I did Morgan, I felt kind of bad. I was like, man, like they don't think like me. They don't read books like me. And, and, and I just started to like, I was like, oh man, do I feel, I feel, I feel like I'm leaving them. And then I just started to spend less and less time with them. But the time I did spend with them, I had this realization that the only reason we were friends was because of proximity. The only reason we were really friends is because we went to high school together. Because when it got down to it and I started to try to have really meaningful conversations with them, that wasn't about gossip or what, what, who was doing what and whatever, but really meaningful conversations. It's like, they didn't even want to go there. They didn't want to support me while I supported them in all their endeavors, medical school, all the things that they were doing, nursing school. They never wanted to ask me about me. And that's when I really realized that they weren't real friends. Like that's not a real friendship, but I didn't know better in the beginning. And so I, when I, after I had that realization, I just started to cut them off more and more and more. And then it was like, one would be like, did you know she was talking about you and she thinks you're crazy for doing all this network marketing stuff. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I get it now. They're not my real friends. And so it, it was going through that process and then making new friends that actually supported me and encouraged me. And, and I felt all the difference in the world, just shifting, shifting and shifting, constantly shifting. And now I always have friends that I am lifting up. I'm reaching down, pulling them up, but they're hungry. They want more. They're grateful. It's different when I'm with them. Right. And then I have friends that are pulling me up. And so it's like, they're, 10 xing their life. They're multi, multi, multi millionaires, even have a few billionaire friends, mentors that 
I mean, I'm learning from them, but I'm also giving them energy. And so it's an equal energy exchange. So I'm definitely, you know, always being friends with all different people and then very enlightened spiritual people that we talk about, you know, faith and things of that nature. And I just love to have all different friends, all different types of friends. That's how I believe we live a very rich, meaningful life. It's not by only being with the same people all the time. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. And it's not always about money. And I think it's a thing that we can, you know, it's, it's definitely good. Like if you're going to pick, if you can only pick one group of people to be around, I would still pick the, the most successful because, right. you know, because that's in order to create massive wealth, you tick other boxes in life as well. Yeah. But I've also realized that like I've hung around, I've tried to be so hungry to get around people doing so much better than me. Then I've got around them and I'm actually like, you're an asshole. I don't care how much money you make. I don't like being around you. You're not, you're not a good quality of person. And so exactly what you're saying, like I've got different groups of people. Like I've got groups of people that I dance with because they have so much more fun where my really, really uh, like I'm a yellow person. I like to, I need to, <laughs> I need, <laughs> I need to be around a bunch. Right. But yeah. then I've got a group of people that always work and they're always hustling, they're always thinking big. And that's incredible, you know, but they don't like to have as much fun. You know what right. I mean? So I've, I, I like to, I think it's really good to know kind of your values and what you're just really about and, and be around people that are kind of embodying all that. And it was funny what you were saying with, you know, people talking about you as you were starting. Um, one thing I did, like, cause it definitely, you know, in Australia, we've got tall poppy syndrome, right? So pretty much people think if they want to build the biggest building in town, they do it by knocking down everyone else's buildings. That's uh, kind of like a mentality. <laughs> right? Uh, <clears throat> and so when I kind of started to do this, I definitely had a lot of people try to like, you know, give me shit or, or whatever. But what I was conscious of was I can choose the meaning I'm going to make it. Mm, yeah. And I can make it mean that they're bad people or, or, or whatever, or that maybe I'm making the wrong decisions and all these things. So I stayed true to what I knew, I, what I like my soul was calling, what I wanted to create. But I made it mean that they just, they just don't understand which yeah. I think is really the big thing. The people that kind of sit and will judge or whatever, it's not, I don't think they're, I don't think humans are created to be hateful people. I don't either. I think that when we just simply don't understand things, we're more on the back foot and we're more like, Skeptic. you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I always say it's what people don't K N O W. It's what they don't know. And that's why I think it's so important to lead with love and, you know, that this took me a couple of years to really get, because at first I was like, you're a hater, all the haters, yeah, take a hike, watch me, watch me, watch me, someday you're going to watch me, you're going to want my autograph. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> I started to realize, I was like, I was like no, exactly, Morgan, exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm like, you got to just love them because there was a time that you didn't know all this stuff either, Emily, you know? And so I just love to kill people with kindness and send them love and support them. And maybe eventually they'll want to learn something new. They'll want to be open to it, or maybe they won't. And that's fine. But I feel like my, you know, in my heart, in my soul, like I just want to spread love to those people and wish them the best and, then it's their choice what they want to say or do or whatever, unfollow. It doesn't matter to me. But th I feel like that's the best way to live. There's like no room for hate in your heart, you know? Yeah. And you told me before that, you know, there are so many moments because I'd love to really like pick apart your journey a little bit more because, yeah. you know, from where you were, from where you were kind of conditioned as a young woman to now this multimillionaire, right? this mindset has definitely, there would have been so many things that have kind of shifted for you. And when you were saying that there were so many moments where you felt like quitting, how did you, what got you through these things? Like what were some things you did where you were just like, you knew you could just keep going through these things or the setbacks and the challenges, what got you through this? Yeah, one of the biggest things is total immersion. And someone just asked me this the other day, they're like, what do you think makes people fail? And I said, I think people just aren't, fully immersed in whatever it is they're trying to pursue. 
because there's going to be hard days. Of course, there always is in anything in life worth pursuing. But the thing is being immersed in it. And what I mean by that is like, like we just talked about surrounding yourself with people that are 10 steps ahead of you and what you want to pursue. Like I was immersed in my business that I was pursuing, my company that I was pursuing. I was going to events that wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, is it going to fit into the schedule? It was like, no, I'm there. Like I'm going, there's, there's, it's a non-negotiable. The, the calls, the training calls, I'm there, right? It was immersing myself in it. So that way, when I didn't feel like it, that way, when, you know, someone laughed at me or I got 10 no's that day or whatever, and I just felt like quitting, it's like I had the people around me that were like, no, we're doing this. Or, you know, they would lead by example and show me what was possible. And so definitely immersing myself in it is a massive key to success. Like I cannot escape even now, like, you know, I'm training um, for a, a big event that I have and a lot of speaking stuff coming up in November. And it's like, I already committed to all of it. Like, no matter, even if I have some bad times here, like I have, I get, I have to write like three different talks coming up and I have all the, I, there's no turning back. I'm committed to it. You know, I'm immersed in it. And, and so putting those things on the calendar um, are, are huge, but I, I think for sure in the beginning, was asking myself, like, if I don't do this, then what? Mm -hmm. If not this, then what? Because I so badly did not want to go back to being a nanny, a massage therapist, like working for someone else, living paycheck to paycheck. So I'd ask myself, like, if not this, then what? Like, if you quit, then what is your plan? So if you're thinking of quitting, what's your plan on the other side of that? Don't quit if you don't have a plan to pursue your dreams, because otherwise you're SOL. You are screwed because you're going to literally live your, your next year. It's going to be the same. And what, you're what not going to SOL shit out of luck. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, and so that's the thing. I'm like, okay, you want to disappear? You want to quit? Like uh, what's going to, where are you? So where are you going to be? What's your plan? What's your plan? Because that's going to really suck for you a, a year from now to like, not be where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? Not make any progress at all. Do you think, do you think people, do you think the problem is that people just don't actually, do you think is they just don't actually think about where they really want to go or they just don't believe yeah. that they can actually create it? Both. So how can, I, how can someone, cause it's easy to think about, well, this is what I want to create in my life. And I think the main thing that would kind of make people justify and buy into the story that they they can quit is if they don't believe that they can actually do it do you have some tips like how did you like surely you would have had some some struggle streets where you're like your identity is i'm just a massage therapist how can i ever create something like this so is this right yeah yeah absolutely so yeah we i mean gosh we all have dreams goals aspirations and and that's a lot of people dream way more than they actually work Okay. So that the, the, in order to increase your belief is by activity in order to increase what you believe in, what you're doing, you got to, how many times today have you been pitching the plan? How many times, you know, have you been talking about it? How many times have you gone to work on it? And a lot of times when we're dormant, when we don't, when we don't take that total immersion, when we don't go into what we're doing, when we don't, you know, we want to make a program and then you don't actually hit record. You don't, you know, assemble the right team, have the right resources. You want a podcast, but you don't even have a microphone. You don't even know how to do it. Like it's because you haven't taken the action. So subconsciously your belief is like, who the hell are you to do this podcast, man? Who's going to listen to you? And you just start that little idiot that Morgan and I have this friend named David Wood. He talks about like, he starts talking and he's like, who are you to pitch a plan? And who are you to talk about residual income? And who are you? And, and like this, it's like they, it's the chatter. And in order to shut up the chatter, you have to take action. And when you start taking action, you're like, whoa, I can actually do that. And that's what happened to me. Let me tell you, when I started this plan, when I started this, I had the crappiest car. So embarrassing. I mean, seriously, this car was like a beater. And I was going to the coffee shop to show people how to make residual income. 
Okay. So literally I had one blazer. I like tried to just put myself together. Got to keep in mind, I didn't buy new clothes for two years. I had this shitty car. I parked it far away so nobody could see it. And I waltzed in there and I was like, okay, what would a millionaire do? And I walked a little taller. I got in state literally before I would leave my car, I would imagine how I wanted the meeting to go. I would imagine closing the deal. I would imagine, you know, just bringing the energy to this person and I'd go in. Okay. Meanwhile, park far away. I'd go in, do, I would do the meeting and yeah, I would, I would fumble over my words. I was sweating a little bit. I probably said some of the wrong things, but the point is it was the action that I took. And then after the meeting, I would assess and go, what the heck happened? Did I do good? Did he sign up? Did she sign up? Like what, and I would assess that. And I, and I, and, and when you, when I took more and more action, that's what increased my belief because eventually I was able to close at a higher rate. I, and and I, those results spoke volumes to me. It's the inaction that that diminishes your belief. It absolutely is. Really does. Hey, like yeah, action creates certainty. You've got yeah. this level of uh, you know assertiveness about you. Um, what what do you drive now? A Bentley. Well, I uh, <laughs> wagon. I mean, I've had like whatever car. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, know. No, but honestly, I don't. Even, now I live in a place where I just. I don't even like to, I have a driver or I just walk yeah. every, I live on the ocean. Like I just can walk everywhere, you know? So I love, I love it. I, I want a Bentley. I remember we were talking backstage. Uh, where were we? We're somewhere. I saw you just bought the, the Bentley. I forget where you were. And I was like, Emily, how like i was asking like tell me about the bentley how is it and you're like oh my god Morgan. <laughs> like because i'm asking you i'm like because that that's on my vision board like literally right here i have, I have a bentley pulling a, a picture of a bentley next to a private jet you know it's yeah. like i don't want much in life family i just Not want much. <laughs> i just put a private jet on my new board too did you because it's higher frequency <clears throat> listen airport you know this airports yep. it's like like people's energy, they're all, they're all scared. It's like, ugh, I just want to roll. I am, we are going to roll up. Mm-hmm. Where are we going in our jet? <laughs> Let, let's, let's go to some of those amazing, like British Virgin <laughs> Islands down near the Caribbean. I haven't done them yet. Let's, let's do it. When are we doing it? Let's, let's put this in place now. When are we doing this, Emily? 221. 221. We got a lot to do. We could do it. We could do it at the end of next year when it starts to get cold for you guys and we could fly down and do okay. it and do a trip away. Good plan. Let's do it. We're writing it in. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, but no, I'm the, I'm the exact same. It's like, and you know, and there's sometimes like when I talk about my goals to people, here's another thing they're kind of like pick fire, like who you're hanging around, right? When you talk about your goals is they're going to um, tell you right then if, if they're the people you need, need to be around or not. And I think sometimes people lower their goals or lower their standards to suit the people that they're around. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Yeah. And you more, you morph what, what room you're in, you, you change and you, and you, I call it dumbing yourself down. And this is what I did most of my life. Cause I, I, my head was in the clouds. Even when I was a young girl, I, I grew up in a very like toxic household my mom had an abusive boyfriend. A lot of bad things happened. Um, and in order for me to escape, like I was always dreaming and like I was somewhere else. Right. And that has continued my whole life. Like I just, I'm a daydreamer all day long. And I have found if I'm not strong and, and just totally my frequency isn't high, I will dim a little bit if I feel like, oh, I'm offending them or I'm going to make them feel insecure, even though my truth, I know my truth. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I am doing. I know who I am, but we just change a little bit versus what people were around. And so I living where I live today and surrounding myself with some people that are, you know, in entertainment and things like that, they're big dreamers. And so it's really helped me to just expand and not dim because everybody's just like going for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's huge. But when I lived in Minnesota, I felt like I was a unicorn and I felt like 
am I the only person that thinks like this and wants this? And people look at me like you're too much or, you know, and so I would dim myself to fit and make sh- and, and get invited to dinner. So I wasn't too, too much for them, you know? Um, and that's, that's a disservice to our creator. I feel, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. you believe, I feel like God created you to be who you are. And, and when you start to change and versus who you're around, it's like the most uncomfortable place in the world to be. Yeah. And then that's when you can kind of slip into this approval seeking behavior, right? Which you mentioned before, you know, and that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? How, how did you realize, how did you notice that, you know, some of the things I'm doing right now is actually not even true to me. It's just to get the approval and fit in by the people. And how did you kind of break that and start, you know, embodying who you know you are and what you want to create? Yeah. So good. Yeah. I started to like really assess and this is why it's so important to you. I'm sure you've heard a million people. We always talk about morning routines, nighttime routines, all the routines, but it's really important to assess your days and like, how did I show up today and what did I do? And who was I today and, and all that stuff. And I started um, to really realize like, wow, like, why did you say that? Or did you really mean that? And, you know, I started to say yes to things I really didn't want to say yes to. And I'm like, why do I keep doing that? And I, and I just got real with myself. And, and, and something you said earlier, Morgan, it's like, you're, you've been around super wealthy people and they're complete jerks. And then my intuition, my personal integrity, everything, I, I was like, that's not the kind of person I want to be around. And why did I make those comments like she made when that's not even what I believe? Like I would never act that way. And I started to really get real with myself. And one thing that the, the most thing that's helped me more than anything is my, my faith with my relationship with God, because I find the closer that I get to my creator, the more I realize how unique I am and the more I really truly love myself. And when I can get immersed in my faith and grow my faith, I become so much stronger in who I'm really created to be. And I have that absolute awareness. And so for me, like that's been my secret sauce for sure. Um, and I feel like the closer I am to God, the more just like raw I am, the more transparent I am, the more I just, I don't hold back. And I know like if God loves me, then that's, that's all I really, that's all I really need. Like, I don't need the world to love me, you know, I don't need the approval of man. And so basically that's been it for me. And, and, and I just draw closer to spirit, to God and, then I become stronger and, and more aware versus all the chatter of the world because everybody wants you to be something or expects you in one way. And if, if you know who you are and you show up that way and you're truly authentic, then you just feel good every day you live your life. Like it just feels so good, you know, yeah. like it's like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. And I love that. And as soon as you start showing up like that, it's like you just have this, sense of like ownership like this control like this i don't know for me i i, I literally like I, and i always say to people sometimes and now i'm more aware of it i'm aware that people people are always selling right and that's the funny thing people sometimes people are like oh, i don't like to sell but everyone's always selling everyone's always trying to influence you to make a decision right and sometimes the people around us are trying to make us uh, make decisions to peer pressure us or or whatever but the lowest form of influence is guilt. Mm-hmm. And now I'm aware of this. I notice when people are trying to like guilt me into making a decision. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, they're trying to get me to, to do something for them by trying to guilt me. And I always just say, I'm like, I, I don't care what you think. It's like, I go to bed at night happy with me. Yeah. And that's cool. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's that matters. Yep. Sure. <laughs> I love it. So, before, before we're doing this podcast, me and you were chatting and you were mentioning um, a big thing you always, you know, train your team on is seven commitments. Mm-hmm. What is this? Is this seven commitments yeah. of network marketing or life or business or what? Yeah, it's the seven, it's the seven core commitments that we have as, as a team. And it's honestly like, it doesn't matter what you do in network marketing. 
I believe like the seven core should always be there. Um, but even if you're listening to this and you're, you have no interest in network marketing, you could use a similar philosophy for your own business. It's a commitment to your business of how you work it every single day. Uh, if you own a company, you should have commitments that this is a code of ethics. These are standards that you run your business on. And so, you know, for, for us, I mean, I'm not going to go fully into it, but the seven core is like, you know, reach out to two to five people a day to share your message with, right? Um, it's to rank advance. So people know where they're going in their business. You know, we have different ranks within our network marketing company. For you, it could be setting different income goals. But so we always know like, what is, what is the aim? Like, where are we going this week? You know, for us, it's like, it's called executive. We want to get to executive status. If we're director, we know we want to get there. And then, you know, it's other things like read 10 pages of personal development a day. That's it. You know, you don't need to go read a whole book today. It's just 10 pages or 15 minutes of a podcast, of an audio. So we're always in that growth environment, that total immersion that I was talking about. Um, then it's plug in. So having a weekly team meeting, it, communication is absolutely everything in any business that you have. And when people are communicating, when they feel loved and appreciated, everyone's on the same page, like every, the, it's like we're rowing a boat, right? Everybody rows in the same direction. It goes so much faster, so much stronger. Um, then we have an event. One of our seven cores attend the event. Um, and then our, another one is uh, be here a year from now, which is like total commitment. Um, yeah, so those are, those are our seven and we just live and, and embody that every single week. I love it. And it's just, it's standards. And like you're saying, like whether you're in network marketing or not, I, I love that about having actually like, cause if you don't know what you're doing, any road is going to get you there. Yeah. And like I talk about this all the time. It's like, I think the biggest problem with, with this humanity is that they just don't actually set standards or they have low standards. Anyway, they, think they just appear like it just creates itself. Yeah. And Your cult culture, if you let culture, every business has a culture, every company has a culture. And if you just let culture happen without standards in place, I mean, that's a very dangerous way to run a business because you could have a culture that is a disaster if there's no one leading the culture and having expectations. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, this has been really, really great. Before we wrap it up, you know, you've made a, a jump from, you know, six figures into seven figures. What do you think are three, just your three, either top tips or three things, the differences between a six figure earner and a seven figure earner? Oof. Okay. Number one, systems. I mean, you heard, I, we have the seven core commitments and, and, and let me tell you, this can get rather boring. We talked about yeah. this, like, <laughs> you know, but it's having systems in place where this is how we do it. And yes, time to time we'll reassess, recalibrate, what have you, but systems, if you want to run a massive business, there's got to be systems in place. That's how you're able to jump from six to seven Figures, people can come in, they know the system, they work the system. In our line of work, it's highly duplicatable. Um, so definitely having systems in place um, and, and, and creating uh, a culture, like we briefly touched about culture, but you know, people eat culture for breakfast. Like it is so important that you establish what you want your culture to look like, what you want the expectations to look like. And, you know, I, I created a vision and a vibe um, of, of everyone is welcome here. And I re I really badly wanted a team an organization where it's every background, every color, every religion, uh, gay, straight, black, white, doesn't matter, you know, single, divorced, you know, PhDs, high school dropouts, like 18 year olds, 70 year olds, like that's what I envisioned. What, where some people are like, I want just young people. Some people are like, I, I want just moms. Like I, I, I painted that picture, but the, the vibe of our team and, and, and any, I think uh, successful team 
is acceptance. It's people can grow there at whatever rate they want to grow. If some people want to be in to make friends, that's awesome. That's, we're going to welcome you there. And some people want to be in and make six figures in six months. Okay, great. I'm going to treat you a little differently and I'm going to challenge you a little bit more, right? So that's huge. And then number three, it's, it's leveling yourself up. I mean, if you want to create a seven figure business, like you've got to, you got to really check yourself and ask yourself, like, am I doing the do? Am I doing what's required? Am I bringing in the team? Am I recruiting at the level I need to recruit? Do I, do I have this all lined up for success? Because if you want to attract successful people into your life and your business, you have to rise to the occasion and not saying you have to already have success. You have to showcase it because someone like me is going to work with somebody who's grinding, who's hungry, who has a big heart, who's authentic, who leads with love. And I can see that, you know, a successful person, they're not going to want to work with somebody who's like, playing at a C level or they're lukewarm. They're not gonna wanna do business with someone like that. And so it's signing yourself up every single day and believing in your mission bigger than anybody else um, and casting that vision and creating certainty that you're gonna lead people to success and have a lot of fun. This is for you, Morgan. Have a lot of fun while doing it, um, which that's something I had to work on because I'm a red, I'm very serious, um, but I've definitely learned to have a lot more fun. <laughs> Maybe we, 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 I'm excited for this uh, trip down to wherever we're gonna go, Turks and Caicos <laughs> or something. We, yeah. I need some of your red. You can take some of my yellow. We can, okay. and we can become the perfect orange. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. Emily, this has been so much freaking fun. Uh, yeah. Where can everybody find you? You've got some incredible things you're working on right now. You got a lot happening. So where, where can everybody find you? Yeah. Insta I love Instagram at it's Emily, like literally it's Emily. It's emily.com um, and yeah, or Facebook as well. But really Instagram is, is the fun place, I think. So Love it. All right. So to wrap this interview up, I've got one final question for you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> if, you <were> to... <laughs> if, if you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give her 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Oh. What? Oh my gosh, this is in the hot seat. Okay, Emily, 18. Cliche, this may sound so cliche, but it's just the truth. I would, I would tell myself, God loves you. Like you are loved. You don't have to be anything for anybody else. Stop trying to conform. Be who God created you to be. And that's what I would tell myself because especially early in those years, like as a woman, like you're just trying to figure yourself out and you're trying to be everybody else and it's no fun. And meanwhile, it's all inside of you already. And so that's what I would say. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.